Welcome to Res Talk, your source for the latest news, opinions, and training from top building performance, rating, and auditing experts. Here's your host, committed building science enthusiast and registered professional engineer, Bill Spohn. Welcome back to another episode of the Res Talk podcast, where it's our goal to communicate late breaking news and thoughtful insights about the very broad array of topics in this rapidly expanding world of residential energy ratings, home building, and home construction. Whether you're a housing consumer, rater, builder, realtor, or appraiser, you want to hear more about these evolving trends. And ResNet wants to engage with the community. I'm your host, Bill Spohn, and I've been working in the HVACR and building performance markets for almost 30 years and been interfacing with the team at ResNet for nearly that whole time. So today, we're going to talk about a few things, some buzzwords. Now, lately, we've heard a lot of buzzwords in the home building community, things like healthy, sustainable, flexible, smart. But what would it be like to actually execute on all these parameters, execute on them all at once, and execute them in one home? Well, KB Home actually did that in something called the KB Home Project. So listen to today to my conversation with Jacob Batala, who's the vice president of the sustainability initiatives within KB Home as he expands on KB's vision, their strategies, and execution of these four pillars. They call these things sustainability, healthy, smart, and flexible, the four pillars that they built this project home on. It's actually their third project home that they've done, one in 2010, one in 2016, and now this one rolling out in early 2019. You'll hear about the off-site manufacturing processes of the panels and floor cassettes, some novel insulation materials, how Google Assistant integrates with over 250 IP-driven devices in the home that have unique IP addresses. You're going to figure out and learn about how KB has harnessed the tremendous brain power in collaboration with about 10 to 15 different partners over an eight-month period to launch and actually build this home in a community in Las Vegas. So listen as we talk to Jacob Batala about the KB Home Project. How are you doing today, Jacob? I'm well. Thank you, Bill. It's so nice to be on your podcast. Thank you. And we're really happy to hear you here today. So we'll dig right into the subject matter, the title. There's something called KB Home Project. What does that carry? What does that cover? Well, it's a concept home that we built in the suburbs of Las Vegas to help us explore where tomorrow will be. We have a tagline for the home. It's where tomorrow lives. And that's really our approach for R&D. It's our third concept home since 2010. In 2010, we built our first concept home, then another one in 16, and now our latest. This one is very special. It has four pillars. It's a home that is sustainable, healthy, smart, and flexible. Interesting. Those are all uh, really interesting topics. I think we should perhaps dig into each one of them in order there. What's the definition of sustainable? What are the qualities that make this home sustainable? Let me start with some foundational items. KB Home builds every one of our production homes to the Energy Star standards. Every home gets tested by a ResNet certified rater, and every one of these homes we can be called a high-performance home. Our approach here was that to consider that as table stakes and then to see what else can we do further to get to the next levels of sustainability. So 
even in our concept home that we did in 2010, that was a net zero energy home. The same here. And however, we now have better technologies. And one of them is energy storage batteries. So we have integrated the base sustainability with better materials, more insulation, tighter envelope, and also added the generation and storage, working together to create a better home for the homeowner and perhaps even for the grid when you think about the grid and the environment. So some of the insulation materials that we used are ones that are new to the residential market in the U.S. We used rigid board phenolic insulation that has double the R value per inch than the traditional insulations that we know about in the current market, including open cell. That was one of the items that we added to the house. Another is in relation to sustainability on a broad perspective is that this home was manufactured off-site. Panels, floor cassettes were all prepared ahead of time using a very tight BIM modeling and CNC machines that cut the panels and the floor cassettes. And from there, we brought it to the site and put it up in two days. The sustainability side of it is that we saved 100% of framing waste. There was no framing waste in the factory or on site. So that's another aspect of sustainability. That's pretty huge. It is. The practicality of these materials, well, I think the main one you mentioned is a rigid board phenolic. Is that something that's readily obtainable or is it just totally new to the market? It is new to the residential market to a large extent. Maybe some custom homes used it in the past, but it's been in the market for commercial use. So now we wanted to explore it for residential high volume production homes. Let me tell you a little bit more about that because I think it's very interesting. The offsite manufacturing, offsite manufacturing is currently kind of new to home builders in when it's fully integrated. We've been doing offsite panelization for a long time, but to do a fully integrated manufacturing, that's kind of new to the market for about two years now. The process is very simple. You work it first in the building information modeling software, BIM software, and from there it goes to the CNC machines. They put together the panels, the cassettes, and ship them over. We wanted to explore more than that and create more value in the factory than just these typical items. Typical is a relevant term here. It's only been two years. What we worked with the factory on is to bring that phenolic rigid board insulation to the factory. It's rigid. They cut it, the CNC machines cut them to the exact size of every bay. Obviously, the computer knows the dimensions of every bay between the studs. So it cut the panels exactly to that. It was tight fit in the bays. And so we can say that insulation came already from the factory with the panels. Not only that, but also on the outside, we used zip wall R-sheathing. It's the zip wall sheathing that many of us know about, which has weatherization on the outside of it, but it also is impregnated with insulation. So it gives us that insulation or thermal bridging break on the outside already came 
with that wall, and we didn't have to do any exterior insulation. The panels came with insulation and with weatherization already in place. So we added value to the process. Yeah, there's a cost savings and manufacturability and probably quality aspect that comes with these preformed materials. For sure. We're just trying to explore where tomorrow lives. Got it. There we go. So when you say there's a tight envelope, everyone's familiar with the the listeners here with envelope testing. When you did build it, how did you test the tightness of the envelope and what levels did you achieve, even in comparison? Sure. That's a very interesting story. One of our partners, collaborators on the project is AeroBarrier. We worked with them after we assembled the house, windows were in and the roof and everything. And by the way, I want to mention that the house, when it came on site, it was constructed up to the top plate level in two days. So after that, we closed the house with windows and the roof and everything, and the aero barrier team came in. The house has a required sprinkler system required by the municipality. And that municipality, whenever you have a sprinkler system, the air leakage could be a little bit higher. In that municipality, allowed air leakage is about four, four air exchanges. And so when they pressurized the house, it was at about four, and they started applying their air barrier sealing material, which many of the listeners know about already. They've been demonstrating at the ResNet conferences and so on. So after we finished the application, they did the reading again, and it was slightly above 0.05. So we took it from four air exchanges to 0.05. And that is into the territory of passive house. So an incredible performance on that. And combined with the tightness of panels and floor cassettes getting together because they're cut in the factory with extreme precision. Combined with that, doing this technology helped us achieve an incredible air sealing performance. That's pretty amazing. Let's jump to the next pillar that is health. Tell us about how the pillar of health fits in this project home. Sustainable home has to sustain the health of its occupants. And to that extent, we as an building science group and raters and so on have been focused on that, including the Energy Star program, DOE programs, and so on, and of course, the Indoor Air Plus program. We focused on that mainly by making sure we have good air quality inside the house and materials, better materials don't do a lot of off-gassing and so on and so forth. So that has been Uh, somewhat table stakes for the last maybe five or so years, maybe longer even. But what we wanted to do is add to the home an active system that helps the homeowner achieve better health and well-being in the home while it's in a passive way. So what does that mean? We have a system that is called generically a wellness intelligence system. We have The house zoned for five different zones, and we have 10 IoT sensors, Internet of Things sensors that are embedded in the walls that continually measure the quality of the air. And when they detect that there is more 
particulate matter or CO2 in the house because maybe somebody was cooking or did some cleaning uh, materials, uh, spray materials, or what have you, it will notify the system. And then this wellness intelligence system will communicate with the air conditioning to activate more, push more air to the zone that had that issue. So the air monitoring is now active and it is passive to the homeowner. The homeowner doesn't have to do anything about it. It just happens for them. The air is also highly purified through a MERV-13 air filters set in the house. Water purification is also very important. So we now have taken care of air and water. The next thing is circadian rhythm lighting. So all the lighting in the home is smart and has IP addresses and can be controlled from either by voice or by app. But it's also set in default mode to track the quality of the sunlight outside on a regular day, not on a cloudy day. So it starts with the sunrise kind of colors, and through the day, it puts whatever the default for a room, when you turn on a light in a room, it will go to the setting that is the sunlight setting outside at any given moment. Of course, at nighttime, after uh, sunset, it stays at that sunset color so that it can help you build up the melatonin in your body to promote better sleep at nighttime. Also for sleeping better at nighttime, the drywall for the bedrooms is one that absorbs sound. And of course, we have shades that are motorized and do tall darkening of the bedroom, again, for promoting better sleep. So that's the lighting. I should also mention, if, for example, you want to wake up at 5 in the morning and you have a 7 a.m. flight, you're trying to get energized, not to just go on the natural rhythm, you can take that switch or by voice, set it to energize me, and it will put it on the midday light to get you energized and get you out to your flight. So this must come with a lot of other partners in terms of the health and wellness aspect. Do you have people on staff that advise on this? Or where do you reach out for the studies that support these criteria? Our partner for the wellness intelligence system is Delos. They have engineered a system called Darwin, which is evidence-based type system. They have health labs and they have partnered with the Mayo Clinic and other known research entities that are focused on promoting better health and wellness for everyone. So based on a lot of research, they put together this system called Darwin. And like you said, this system has to interact with the carrier system, has to interact with the lighting and with the motorized shades. And obviously, at the top, top level, it has to interact with Google that gives us the Google Assistant and the voice assistance to make this easier via voice rather than a lot of app work. Could you spell the name of that company just for people listening? So the company is called Delos, D-E-L-O-S. And they're the founders of the Well Building Institute. So there is now a well certification for buildings. It's still focused mostly on commercial, but I think is part of the big trend 
related to wellness and consumers' interest in products that promote well-being. Interesting. So the thought that pops into my mind, maybe in some of the listeners' mind, is anyone actually living in this home? Not yet. The home construction was completed in November. We've been commissioning and testing the home. We actually rolled it out to the media, did a reveal during CES, and it received very good reception at that time, despite all the craziness of CES. The home uh, achieved a lot of good coverage from the media at that time. And now the next step is to present it to the building industry during the International Builder Show. So after that, the home will be put on the market for sale. Got it. What do you expect the time frame later in 2019? Yeah, later in 2019, we'll sell the house. Yes. And just another question pops into my mind of, are there people that are coming forward saying, hey, as soon as you got it on the market, call me? <laughs> you guessed it. We have that. The house is beautiful just as much as it's technically sound and is a high-performance house, it is also very beautiful. So we've had a lot of people interested in it. So because you can't see things on a podcast, is there a website or an address, or how could someone get the visual on this house and learn a little bit more? Yes, Bill. The website for the project is Project, but the project word is spelled with a K rather than a C. K for KB Home. A little clever there, but KB Home Project with a K dot com. Okay. Very good. And they'll be able to learn more details, look at tours, inside visuals, find out more about the richness of what you're describing here today. Exactly. And let's explore one of the other pillars, the third one, that of smart. You refer to this a little bit in terms of the Delo system the active blinds, the filtration. Can you delve a little bit more into the smart aspect? First, we should say that a smart home must be a healthy home and a sustainable home. So that's part of definition of smart. But smart as far as technologies, I'll tell you that the house has over 250 IP addresses and two networks, one for entertainment, one for the systems of the house. That could be overwhelming for the regular homeowner. And I should also say that there are probably about 12 companies or sponsors of the house that have products in the house that are all smart. It goes from things like Kohler with their smart toilets, showers, faucets, to the light switches, which are from Noon Home, and the appliances, the smart connected appliances from Whirlpool, etc., etc. So what do you do as a builder? We have to make sure that the house is livable and not just a technology marvel, but easily you can live in it and be comfortable. So we brought in Google, our partner in this house, plus also on our other production homes, using their AI layer as well as their Google Assistant voice commands. That is the true digital glue. That's a term I made that puts everything together and makes it work through the Google interface, whether it's by voice or by the Google app that unifies everything. So that's sort of at a very high level, the story here about smart. And it's interesting because we wanted to reveal the house during CES. We thought the new trends in technology are towards robotics. So we added 
a home security bot and a home entertainment bot, one in the same. We have a robot in the house called Kiker, and Kiker roams the house during the day when you're not home to check for open doors, windows, what have you. And so it's a security guard, if you will. And when you're home, you can use it for entertainment because it has projectors and it can project for you any video or even PowerPoints on any wall in the house or even ceiling. You can be laying down on bed and watching a movie on the ceiling. Or a PowerPoint, if you consider that entertainment. (laughs) Exactly. For me, it is. (laughs) Okay. So let's take a, a leap from that statement there and find out more about you, Jacob. Tell us your background. Well, I'm an architect by education. I've been in the home building industry for a long time. And most recently, for the last 14 or so years, been with KB Home. And about 2007, was asked to focus on sustainability. All the sustainability initiatives of KB Home are driven from the corporate perspective. And we work with our divisions to always build a better product and also to make our operations also more environmentally friendly. So I've been also associated with ResNet for a while. We put out our first, what we call EPG, the Energy Performance Guide, which is a marketing guide for our home shoppers. It tells them the potential performance of that house using the HERS index and the outputs from the ResNet-approved software. So it's been a great process over the years. We've improved on our product. We've improved on our performance. And with ResNet, everybody loves these EPGs, which are like a guide to tell customers what they can expect out of this home in terms of its performance and its monthly utility bills and so on. Sort of a consumer reference. Yeah, we called it EPG, kind of similar to the MPG of the sticker that's on the cars. It's a similar approach to things. It's an education or a sort of information for the customer. So we'll come back to that fourth pillar in a second, but tell us about where KB Homes operates. What states are you working in and what states would you expect to see homes like this roll out? KB operates in California, Nevada, Arizona, Colorado, Texas, Florida, and North Carolina. We build over 10,000 homes last year. We're always innovating with our home's floor plans as well as design and performance of the homes. What will happen with this particular house is that a lot of the technologies and learnings that we got from it and also the new relationships we built with the different companies that came along with us and did this house. Your partners. Yeah, our partners. We will take many of these learnings and products and roll them out into our production homes through our design studios and our personalization process to build better homes that fits the needs of the customers exactly customer by customer. It's a personalization process that KB Home is very proud of. Now, the manufacturing, the offsite manufacturing of the floor cassettes and the panels, where did that take place? Can you say what state that took place in? We built the home in California, in the factory that's in California, and then three trucks rolled all the components and brought them to Vegas area. Obviously, you would want in the future to have the factory closer to where your construction sites are. And of course, this will 
come along as we continue on the journey forward. Right. Develop the market, develop the customer base, et cetera. Exactly. Okay. So I'll give you a chance to get back around to the fourth pillar of flexibility or flexible. Yeah. That's one that's very exciting for us. So let me give you a little bit of background. When you want to explore where tomorrow lives, you got to look at the trends, industry trends, and also economic and social trends. One of the main dominant ones is the sharing economy. So that was important to us. We studied how it might impact new homes in the future. Another one is the need for more housing. There is more demand than supply of housing in most markets. How do we generate more housing is a question that we asked ourselves. And finally, there is a trend also for people wanting to age in place. I actually don't like that term, age in place, because we are focused on health and wellness and the financial health of our customers as well. We would like to call it age better in place rather than just age in place. So looking at all these trends that are out there, we designed a house that can adapt and be flexible to the different life stages of its owners. So if we say somebody that, let's say, is about 50 years old, a couple that's 50 years old, they still have some adult children that maybe are at colleges boomeranging back and so on, they need a house with four bedrooms right now. And that's what we built, a house with four bedrooms. But in the future, when their children are stable and don't need the secondary bedrooms that are on the upper floor, we designed the house in a way that the upper floor can be fully separated from the first floor and can be rented out either temporary with like Airbnb type arrangements or on an annual basis for somebody that wants to rent a house. You're achieving additional dwelling units. ADUs is a trend that is in the market. So that's one potential. It can also be for in-laws or Maybe adult children come back with the family, yeah. Adult children coming back with the family and so on and so forth. But it's totally separated. We gave it its own independent entrance, and we gave it also a separation where there is an interior staircase. It can be separated and locked completely. So that's one flexibility, taking a big family house, and when the family becomes empty nesters, they can easily separate the two floors and create a rental income for them and also create more housing in the marketplace, which is good. But adapting to life stages continues in other ways in the house. So the shower is a walk-in shower, no threshold to it at all. And so if somebody has mobility issues in the future, it can still serve them very well. We also have an area in the house that can have flexible uses. So we created a flex room. We're calling it the flex room, but it really it could be part of the great room where the kitchen, dining, and living is. And it can be separated as a room instantly within a push of a button. So this flexible space has a movable wall. It goes all the way back and it comes forward. It has pocket doors in it, so it can separate the space if it's all the way forward. But if it's all the way back, it gives the space to the great room, basically for large parties and what have you. When it is forward, it creates a room 
And in that room, we have built-in wall furniture that becomes either an office or a bedroom. So that's a flex room, and it's done with just a button, and some couple of minutes, you have it all set up. So that's another way of flexible for a house to have smaller square footage, yet live larger than its square footage. Very interesting. We've covered the major four pillars. We've talked about the background for this, the concepts. What would you say is the next stage? You said this will roll out into your concepts, your house builds, and the performance of KB as a whole business. What do you think is next? How quickly is it coming? It will start this spring and continue. I mean, it's a journey. Sustainability and innovation is a journey. So it will take time, but it will start this spring and continue forward. And probably in our process, innovation is in our DNA at KB Home and probably will continue to innovate and do R&D to continue to explore how do we need to set up for the future. Are you a native to the Las Vegas area? Is this where you spend a lot of your time? No, I'm in Southern California. I'm in Orange County, Southern, Southern California. California. Yeah, but had racked up a lot of miles while we're building this house. Yes. <laughs> Let's talk a little bit about the ResNet rating that we've done. I want to talk about HERS H2O that we've tested the house for H2O. Don't ask me for the score for it yet. We don't have it. But I can talk about HERS. I can tell you that the house is Energy Star, WaterSense, and Indoor Air Plus certified. It achieved the HERS rating of 46 without solar and zero with solar. Then say that when we did the HERS rating, we also did HERS H2O rating so that we can measure the water efficiency of the home. So give me an idea. Now, this home is completed. It's built. It's in a neighborhood. Is that correct? Yeah, it's in Inspirada in a KB master plan community called Inspirada. So they're visible and invisible features. A lot of the features you spoke about are actually things that you can't visualize, but people want, need, feel the importance for. But to compare it to a house that has similar visual aspects, how would you say it rates in terms of increased cost? This house is very, very beautiful and probably has top-of-the-line finishes in terms of tile, wood floors, cabinets, backsplashes, and so on. So it's top of the line. Again, it's a show home, and it's a home that we want it to be very photogenic, if you will. So it has top of the line items, and as such, it comes with a substantial upgrade cost compared to the typical production home that we built. But in terms of other show homes, how does it compare? Do you have any relative feel for that? No, not really. Okay. You'd send me some resources and some links here. Talked about the social collisions. Do you have any feedback on that topic? So that one is a virtual reality community that we built in VR along with the house. So while we have really just built the house on one infill lot, we didn't want to stop at the house. We want to talk about connectedness and health and wellness related to a full community. So we've done a design that compares traditional subdivision designs with a new uh, concept called pocket neighborhood that combines a lot of the front yard use and give it to a communal use. 
And in that communal area, there are bike repair shops, there are dog grooming facilities, storage areas, farming areas, that sort of thing. So that's the social collision. And it really addresses a new trend within society, which is the trend of we're very connected with our smartphones, but we're getting a lot more lonely and isolated from people. So we wanted to create a design that promotes the health, the mental health, the emotional health, and also the food supply that is healthy and accessible to the residents. This house, the house that we built in reality, is one of the homes in the virtual reality community we designed. And we're going to show the VR during the tours of the home in February. And as such, hopefully will inspire designers, planners, and builders that there is a better way to lay out subdivisions. Our intention was not to lose unit counts. That unit counts is important to builders and developers because it's what's going to provide them with a win-win, a win for the customers, but a win also for the company. We made sure that the unit count does not suffer at all, yet you just give up some of that front yard space that has not been used in recent years, and you give it to this communal pocket, if you will, that will help everyone grow a little bit more connected, a little bit healthier, and more socially connected. That's pretty awesome. The concept of flexibility and I, I saw some of the information you somebody talked about future proofing. You hear about a lot of that in different products. That's a very good buzzword today. So it seems like you really have considered a lot of alternatives here. And I can't imagine the amount of effort that went in, the brain power that went into coming up with these concepts. Yeah, this is an 18 month project. So we put a lot of effort in. It takes a village, as they say. We've had great architects and landscape architects and many, many thought leaders working on the project. I think a lot of people are trending this way, but I think they only know part of the picture. And they're probably, it's difficult to ask the questions, maybe even conceive of the questions that you've already answered with this design. So it's a very much uh, aspirational role model for the whole housing industry. I don't know anything like this going on. Yeah, we tried. And there's a new perspective on innovation. It says collaboration is the new innovation. When you bring so many brains together and put in front of them a possible project, the sky is the limit. And that's what we were aiming for. Well, I think you came pretty close to hitting it. <laughs> <laughs> kind of in closing here, are there any other topics you wanted to discuss and share with the audience? I'd like to mention the certifications that the home achieved and the HERS rating. So the home certified for EPA's Energy Star, Indoor Air Plus, and WaterSense, also DOE's Zero Energy Ready program. The HERS rating for the house is zero on the HERS index scale. And while the raters were doing the energy rating, we also did the pilot HERS H2O. And that's another place where this house projects into the future, where tomorrow lives. HERS H2O ratings are expected to be something that raters 
might offer to their builder clients to not just measure for energy efficiency, but also water efficiency and show new home buyers more value through these ratings. We've covered a lot of ground today in the, the whole concept of this home project, and that's P-R-O-J-E-K-T, and the K, I think, is part of KB Homes. Yes. <laughs> As are you, Jacob. You're part of KB Homes, and you're a very well-spoken representative and enthusiastic, and it was really fun talking with you today on the Res Talk podcast. I enjoyed it very much, Bill. Thank you, and see you soon at the home. Yes, at the home or maybe at the conference. If you're coming to the conference this year, we're recording in early February of 2019. So if anyone listens to this as soon as it releases, it'll be near the time of the conference in New Orleans in 2019. Very good point, Bill. And I should mention that we're doing a session about the KB Home project during the conference. Should be an interesting session to attend for all. Well, thank you again, Jacob, for coming on the Res Talk podcast. And we hope our listeners got some good information. Take a look at the show notes. There'll be some links in there, some additional information for you. Thank you again, Jacob, and good day. Okay, thank you. I enjoyed speaking with you, Bill. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Res Talk podcast and hope you learned a few things from Jacob Atala about the KB Project Home. There'll actually be a presentation on this as part of the ResNet annual conference in 2019. If you're listening to this before February 25th, I guess it is, you'll be able to actually hear and learn about this in person at the ResNet conference that runs February 25th through 27th, 2019. After listening, if you like what you heard today and you've not yet subscribed to the podcast, please consider doing so by typing ResTalk, that's R-E-S-T-A-L-K, into the search bar in the Apple Podcast app, Google Play, Music, Stitcher, whatever your favorite podcast application is. This way you get all the episodes downloaded to you as soon as they launch. You can also listen in your browser by following the links at www.resnet.us forward slash professional. If you're a consumer and want to learn more about the benefits of home energy rating, cruise on over to resnet.us and there's a special consumer link there to give you more information. I wanted to close today with a little thought, a quote. This would be by Paul Rand. It's a U.S. designer. Since we're talking about home designs and this kind of beautiful integration of these four strategies or pillars, Paul Rand says, design is a way of life, a point of view. It involves the whole complex of visual communications, talent, creative ability, manual skill and technical knowledge. Aesthetics and economics, technology and psychology are intrinsically related to the process. Really encourage you to go take a look at this KB Project Home. There's a website specifically for that. It's KB Home Project. That's P-R-O-J-E-K-T.com. I didn't know a lot about it before this episode, before recording and speaking with Jacob, and I learned an awful lot today. Really intriguing stuff. Well, thanks for listening in again to the Res Talk podcast, and we hope you come back again next time to learn more on Res Talk. Thanks for listening to the Res Talk podcast. This podcast is hosted by Bill Spohn, produced by Brian Orr, and is a production of ResNet, the Residential Energy Services Network. The best way to listen to this podcast is to subscribe on an iPhone using the podcast app or on an Android device by downloading the Stitcher app and searching for ResTalk. If you are willing, a review on iTunes of the podcast app will help others find the show and would be very much appreciated. We look forward to talking again soon on ResTalk.